From Maine Public Radio and mainepublic.org, I'm Robbie Feinberg with the news on this day in Maine, Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. This Day in Maine is made possible by listeners and by Eastern Basements, a division of Maine-owned Eastern Mold Remediation. Offering crawl space repairs and waterproofing, easternbasements.com. The federal government has opened up two disaster recovery centers in Rumford and Skowhegan, where people can apply for federal assistance to repair damage from December's extreme wind and rainstorm. The Federal Emergency Management Agency says the centers will be housed at the Rumford Municipal Building and the Somerset County Emergency Operations Center. Both will be open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Residents of Androscoggin, Oxford, Kennebec, Franklin, and Somerset counties are eligible for assistance. FEMA is expected to open up additional centers in other counties in the coming days. A Poland man who killed his brother on Thanksgiving Day in 2022 is being committed to state custody at Riverview Psychiatric Center in Augusta. Under a plea agreement in Androscoggin County Superior Court on Tuesday, Justin Butterfield was found not guilty by reason of insanity for the murder of Gabe Damore. Butterfield's former girlfriend and mother of his two children, Yesha Preventure, says she's thankful he'll finally get the treatment he needs for psychotic disorder. And she hopes the case will lead to more robust mental health care in Maine. With this being part of the spotlight and with this being talked about, that there's not another family sitting here having to um, deal with and, and live with what we've had to live through over this past year and a half. Butterfield had several brief psychiatric hospitalizations in the months leading up to the murder, but friends and family say he was released from them too soon. Justice Harold Stewart says the case is tragically symbolic of the ongoing needs for mental health treatment in the state. A new legislative proposal could tie utilities' revenues to their performance. The new measure would direct the Maine Public Utilities Commission to create certain standards that would be potentially tied to goals such as cost effectiveness and meeting the state's climate policies. The commission could then look at ways to tie rates to utilities' performance in those standards. The bill's sponsor, Democratic Representative Jerry Runty of York, says that traditional utility regulation was designed for the rapid build-out of the electric grid. He says his measure would allow the state to place new priorities, such as climate resilience and grid modernization, at the forefront. It promises to improve the efficiency and reliability of our utility services and contribute to the environmental and climate objectives of the state. Maine's two largest electric utilities oppose the bill, saying that they're already working on issues such as climate change. They also question the need for the change, given that the state passed a utility accountability law two years ago. The city of Portland has approved a new program that officials hope will get dozens of unsheltered residents into housing over the next year. On Monday night, city councilors unanimously approved the pilot project, which is funded through a mix of local and state funding. The goal is to get at least 45 unsheltered households into stable housing over the next year by hiring several housing navigators and by recruiting and offering incentives to landlords. Cullen Ryan with Community Housing of Maine says the program will fill a critical gap in the city's outreach services. 
HUD is calling for this. All of the best practices are calling for this. What we met, what we're lacking in Portland is a direct pathway to housing from people who are outside. Councilors also voted Monday to extend an emergency order allowing the city to maintain increased capacity at its homeless services center. And Lewiston-Auburn could have a new temporary overnight shelter as soon as this week. The Auburn City Council on Monday night unanimously approved about $90,000 for the planned warming center at Calvary United Methodist Church in Lewiston. The shelter will be open overnight during the week and 24 hours a day on weekends. It would be operated by the Immigrant Resource Center of Maine in coordination with other local service providers. Immigrant Resource Center Director Fatuma Hussein says the shelter would accommodate around 80 people per night, adding that number could be higher if demand increases during a cold snap. Lewiston City Council is also considering approving its share of the cost, around $100,000. If approved, the shelter would open on Thursday and close in early April. The state of Vermont's motel voucher program has been touted by some as a success in helping that state's population of unhoused people find shelter. But the future of the program has become more complicated. As part of our occasional series exploring solutions to homelessness, Erwin Gratz spoke with Carly Berlin, a reporter for Vermont Public and the website VT Digger, about how the program works. This program has been around for a long time. It offers brief stays for people who've lost their housing or have just experienced a catastrophic situation like a fire or a flood. There's some really, really specific criteria around vulnerable groups, things like if you're pregnant and specifically in your third trimester, you get 28 days. But what happened during the pandemic is basically the state moved to greatly expand who was eligible for this benefit, you know, with the idea of let's reshelter and rehouse anyone who needs it. And it was, of course, seen as this public health measure to allow people, you know, privacy and space in their own rooms to get people who might otherwise be in a crowded shelter in a, you know, quote unquote, non-congregate shelter situation where they could uh, be safe and, and hopefully healthy. Where did the money come from? So historically, the motel program has been funded through state coffers. What happened during the pandemic is we got all of this federal relief money. That's what allowed the state to really open up access to this program and create this kind of different beast, uh, sheltering way, way, way more people. And we're now in this moment where that federal funding ran out, but the state has been extending People stays who kind of got in under that pandemic era eligibility, our homelessness population has grown. The problem is much bigger in scale than it was. So now we've got thousands of people in hotel rooms, but hundreds of shelter beds. So as we figure out this transition away from from this pandemic era moment where we said, you know, anyone who needs it gets this thing, there's not really a clear path out. At least to date, has the hotel voucher program been effective at keeping the unhoused population off the streets? By some accounts, it's it's been incredibly effective. So there's this national analysis that happens of, of homeless populations by state, 
For the last couple of years, it's shown that Vermont has some of the highest rates of homelessness in the country, but also that we do a better job of any other state keeping people inside. Things are changing now. So last summer in June, the state evicted hundreds of people from motels. What happened was the legislature decided to essentially split up the the people in motels into sort of separate groups. So there were sort of a less vulnerable and a more vulnerable set of people. Uh, they kicked out the quote unquote less vulnerable folks last year. Now we're we're sort of gearing up to see what what will happen to that more vulnerable population. So we're talking, you know, families with kids, people with disabilities, people who are elderly, people fleeing domestic violence. There's now this sort of political debate happening about what to do with the hundreds of people still in motels who got under got in under the pandemic era rules and then there are you know still people entering under the the current guidelines it's a whole mess right now and that's carly berlin a reporter for vermont public and the website vt digger speaking with maine public's erwin gratz And that's today's Maine news. For more stories, visit mainepublic.org. And coming up on Maine Calling at 11 o'clock on Wednesday morning, we'll learn about a new collaborative novel written by several different authors, including some with connections from Maine. I'm Robbie Feinberg. Thanks for listening.